Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 28. Genesis chapter 1, uh, verses 26 through 28. It'll also be up on the board here for those of you um, who don't have a Bible with you. When you get there, say amen. amen. Uh, 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 Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. Let's read it together. ESV version of the Bible. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Keep going. Uh huh. Amen, amen, amen. So our new series is going to be called Newmanity. And we're going to go through this entire fall on manhood. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity uh, to talk about manhood. Get us geared up, men and women alike, to be able to begin to dive in into this series and for it to be a phenomenal, phenomenal time of transformation and transformation of the mind, especially, Lord God, so that we can understand and reflect your faculties in every single area of our lives, Lord God. And as we go through this series, Lord God, I pray that it would impact us deeply and that there would be a, a, a vicious root of righteousness that is planted in us as we see things your way and see things from your perspective. So let the words of my mouth, God, the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, God. Somebody say, oh, God, our strength. Our Redeemer, and whom we trust. In Jesus' name, everybody agree with that said? Amen, amen, amen. amen. This, this series um, has been on uh, my heart for some time to do. We've done some stuff in the past, but, but I really wanted to formalize it, and it seemed like the right time to begin to do. It won't be a rehash of what's coming out in uh, next, next year, but it, it, it'll, it'll be a good complement to it. And I'm just really, really excited about this series, and I, and I, want, I want the women to, to not check out on me, uh, because I'm, oh, he's talking to the men, good, I can sit back and just watch them get tongue-lashed. That's not what this is about, you know what I'm saying? Um, but, but, but what I do want ladies to do is I want the ladies to be able to look at this series so that as you see the person of Jesus Christ as the ultimate man and how God has created men to be men, that I want you to begin to uh, uh, know what you should look at, look for in a husband. Amen, somebody. Amen. While you're being found, you need to be looking at who's trying to find you. I wish I had some help right there. Because you don't find a man. A man finds a good thing and finds favor with the Lord. So he, he finds him. God finds him. He finds you. And then you look at him to see if in light of God finding him and you looking at him because he wants to find you, that he reflects the God who he says helped him to find you. All right? You know what I'm saying? And then dudes, we're going to husk it up, dudes. This not, and it's not going to be the beat-up series, you know, because usually men be like, dang, here we go. We about to get plummeted, you know what I'm saying? But that's not, that's, not, that's not what this series is supposed to be. I really want the gospel to encourage you and empower you and even to give you hope. And then as you see the pictorial of Lord Yahshua, I want you to be rocked by him. 
honored by him, but knowing that he has a vine in your soul that pumps nutrients in you and give you the ability to be everything that God wanted you to be. Amen, somebody. And so as we go into this series, I got some gripes, though. I got to lead with them. You know what I'm saying? I got some concerns, top concerns. I got like 10 of them, but that's not an exhaustive list, but I'm going to name a couple of them. It's really, really 10 concerns of manhood today, especially in our contemporary uh, culture. Uh, uh, one, of the, one of the biggest challenges I have is gender identification. You know, today I am going to talk about some things in relation to this. Now, if you're homosexual, we're not going to bash you. Uh, we love homosexuals. We love you. Just like we love anyone else that's born with a sin nature and expresses it in different ways. All right? But, uh, however, we are going to challenge the gender issue. So, 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 uh, and, and, and so, and so, and so, I just want you to know that. But uh, I, I've been having challenges with the gender identification issue, not even as it just relates to homosexuality, but men understanding what real biblical manhood is in general. Not only that, men understanding their reason for existing. You know, if you ask the average man, "Why do you exist?" It's very, very difficult for him to come up with. Uh, why he exists, and many times we'll create why we exist. Well, I believe the Bible has already said why we exist. Not only that, our existence, but clarity of purpose. I am, I, I, I am uh, flabbergasted at the amount of uh, uh, in, in infancy men have in purpose. And so what we want to do is we want to drive, drive that. We also uh, want to talk about, we want, we want, uh, one of the challenges is fatherlessness. With men, that's another concern. Because of the lack of fatherlessness, there is not a transmission of faithful manhood given down from generation to generation. So in light of that reality, we don't want to, to, to push thuggism, we want to push theism. So we want to push, push and punch a biblical philosophy of life, aimlessness. Um, also, I'm concerned about what women are marrying. You know, because I, I'm finding that more and more Christian men are not marriable. Yeah. Not marriage ready. And I, I'm, concern, I'm concerned about it. But this series is not to beat that up. This series is to do something about it. Amen. Also, I, 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 I'm concerned about who's shepherding our men. Um, you, you know, you know um, who, who's shepherding our men? You know what I'm saying? You know, it's 2 chains shepherding our men, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Some of y'all got that. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know who, you know, you know. Who's shepherding our men? You know what I'm saying? Who's, who's shepherding our men? Um, and, and, and so what we want to do is we, we, we want to begin to point men to proper shepherding, proper shepherds of who kind of is the provider of the picture of, of manhood, which, which brings me uh, to my first point, and even the idea of the title of this particular message, in the title of this message is, In the Beginning It Wasn't So. Amen. I get that from Jesus. Jesus in Matthew 19, you'll have to turn there, was asked by the Pharisees about his view of d divorce and remarriage. And they began talking about what Moses said and gave a bad application of the principle that Moses presented about marriage, because Pharisees believe that you can divorce for a whole lot of reasons. Your wife's breath stink, her hair ain't done right, tooth missing, you can just go ahead and say grace and peace to her, right? They literally believe that. That's why they said, can the man divorce a woman at any reason at all? 
And, 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 and then he began, he, they began uh, pressing him with questions and pressing him with questions. And what's interesting is Jesus didn't deal with divorce, Pastor Nyron, when he answered their question. He said, it, in the beginning, it wasn't so. What wasn't so? Divorce. Why? Because a man knew who he was, a woman knew who she was. When God brought them together, they knew what they were brought together to do. Therefore, the Bible says, what God has joined together, let no man separate. In other words, God's intention for things influences the detailed questions that go after it. And so as we look at manhood in that same premise, uh, the way manhood is today, in the beginning, it wasn't so. Wish I had some help right there. Because when, God, because when God created manhood and he developed manhood, he created it with something in mind, which brings me to our first point. Manhood was God's idea. That's my first point. I know it's a simple kind of thing, but you do got to remind us of who made it, who made manhood. It was God's idea, but it was also God's creation. God said, let us make man in our likeness, in our image. And he gave them dominion over all creation. And, and, and then he said he made them male and female. He created them. So, so when it talks about let us make man, many scholars chop it up and they try to say, well, this ain't Trinitarian. You're just reading Christian theology back into the Old Testament. Well, angels didn't create like the J-dubs say. Angels didn't help create anything. There weren't people present that helped create it because the only one that was in existence based on verses 1 and 2 of Genesis chapter 1 was God who was in existence in the sense of creation even though angels existed. And so, and so what's beautiful about this is when God says, let us, this is the first time where God makes a statement of plurality in creation. Because if, up until this point, he says, uh, uh, he says, let there be. And it was. And so he spoke everything into existence. But based on chapter 2, he took a hands-on approach with man. And God is spoken of anthropomorphically taking on the form of a man and, 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 and the likeness of a man, which I believe is the pre-incarnate Christ. And he decided in the triune God here, they had a meeting and say, this is the, out of all creation, this is the only meeting that's talked about that God, God met with himself to make man. Because man was pre preeminent in creation. Man and woman were to be preeminent in creation, the greatest part of God's creation, because this is the only, the only part of creation that was going to reflect the image of God specifically. What does that look like? It's not just uh, a mind, emotions, and will, or intellect, uh, 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 affections, and, 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 and volition, but, 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 but it, it, it's in a more uh, uh, rigorous and beautiful terminology that, that exalts and props up what it means to be made in the image of God. I want you to repeat after me, responsibility, responsibility. Representation, representation, and relationship. Let's say that again, responsibility, responsibility. Representation, representation, and relationship. All three of those things work together as the outgrowth of what man is supposed to be in relation to this. Uh, Dr. Piper and Grudem talks about this in their book, and when mine comes out, I'm going to expand upon it specifically for this issue. But as we go through the, the, through the expression of this series, we're going to see these three threads as that. Now, I know let us make man is a word that points to mankind. However, since this is a manhood series, I want to specifically talk about man being made. Because what's beautiful is is, is, is the fact that man and manhood is God's idea. What's beautiful about that is that God owns the patent on manhood. Right, man. That whenever something gets patented, if anyone wants to use it, they got to get permission from the person that created it in order to use it so that the person who they can license out 
the usage, but you got to pay them for using it. Why? Because they're the owner of it. They're the creator of it. And it's clear that no one else did it before they did it. I wish I had some help. See, God has a patent on creation. Matter of fact, he has patent on a man. He has a patent on everything about you. He has a patent on your deep voice. He has a patent on the hairs on your chest. He has a patent on your hairline. He has a patent on your muscles. He has a patent on your character. Everything about you is to be a glorious, beautiful reflection of him. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 7 says, man is the image and glory of God. And so that means that image and likeness points to the fact that man is supposed to be a reflector of the character of God and show that off throughout planet Earth. Show that our reality off because God gave man an endorsement deal. Man has an endorsement deal to wear glory gear on planet Earth, nice outfits, walking on the streets looking like him like a mug. And you look at, you know how dudes, when they get some new sneaks on, they be going like this, down, you know, looking all at them like that. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know what I'm saying. Then you try to act like you bow-legged, you know, when you're looking at your stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Looking at your stuff, and then you in the mirror a whole bunch. Why? Because you want to make sure that what you have on is properly representing you. Well, that's what we're supposed to do with manhood. We're supposed to look in the eternal mirror of his face. And we're supposed to be like this, chikern, 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 b-boy stance, whatever you want to do, but you better be looking like the king of kings. And so, but however, we know that the fall is coming and that Christ had to be the most perfect representation based on Colossians 1, 15 through 23, verse 25, and, 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 and to be the, the, the image and glory of God all over again to teach us what it looks like to be biblical men. This is just a little introduction to the series. Hokemah says, when the Bible says that God created man in his image, it certainly intends to say that man at that time is a crea as creation was obedient to God and loved by God with all his heart, Genesis 1.31. That is, it sets man apart, indicating that he was formed in a unique way. I love that. Man, in other words, tells us is a being whose entire constitution was to reflect the reality of the beauty and glory of the living God, which brings us to our second point, we saw that, you know, God's uh, manhood was God's idea. Number two, and it's a booming point, God made man distinctly male. Look at verse 27. It says, so God created man in his own image. In, his, in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. I like this. Because know what God did here? Is he created man and woman in his image. Therefore, when he said we created man in his likeness in his image, that means that man and woman are equal in their ability and, and disposition on every front. So man and woman are equal. There's no such thing in God's economy as chauvinism. Um, there's no such thing as God's economy as, as, as overbearing, being overbearing towards a woman. Um, there's, there's not uh, 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 in, in, that, uh, in his economy being a tyrant. Man and woman are equal. But what's beautifully said, he created man in his image. But then verse 27 expounds upon who man is. And it, and, and it does something. It takes a split by keeping them equal in the fact that they were created in the image of God, but showing now that males and 
females, this is the first time we see it in the Bible, where God says, you are a male. That's your gender, baby. Give me, give me some of that. Boom. Then he, then, he, then, he, then, he, then he said, you know, all right, female right here. Mm, give me a kiss, girl. There you go. See, high five the dude, and he kissed the girl. I'm going to explain that in a second. Now, what, what happened was this. What, what, what happened was this, is that God gave them equal faculty to glorify him, but to do it as a male and as a female. That means even though they are unified in their glorification of God, it's distinct. So when a male tries to glorify God in a feminine way, he's living below his value. When a woman tries to glorify God like a male was ordained to, she lives below her value. I wish I had some help right there. In, 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 other, in other words, what makes God the beautiful, oh, he's an art soul. He's an artist. A, he's a monstrous artist. Ever, I, mean, I mean, can you imagine God had all of that in his mind? His mind is an art gallery. It's a, and when he spoke, he just, he was painting with his mouth. He, he, his, he was painting with his mouth. And, 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 but, 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 but it's interesting, the same thing he painted with his mouth, anything that doesn't reflect his creation in Gen and at Revelation 19, he will use that same mouth to destroy all art that doesn't look like him. And that's why you need to trust Jesus as your Savior as quickly as possible. I didn't mean to go there, but I got to go back. So, artists, he begins, and so he's speaking of this and speaking of that. But then God, God that's why this is so fly about God. God is not only a spoken word artist, he's also a sculpting artist. Wish I had some help. When he spoke, that was spoken word. And, 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 and look, the angels are going like this. As God was creating. You know what I'm saying? It was crazy. You know what I'm saying? De you know, death poetry ain't have nothing on creation. You know what I'm saying? And so they were in there, and it was the lounge of eternity. In the lounge of eternity, the first light came on, and God first provided a light so that there can be light and there can be a spotlight on him, even though he's light himself, but he wanted that thing to be real, real fly. And he was standing on nothing, spoke into nothing, something had to obey. So therefore, he did it that way, but then he decided, he said, I'm going to do some different art. All of his glory is just kind of all over the place, and he's going, and then he becomes man-like. And then when he comes man-like, he goes to the dirt. And he begins forming a man. Why? But he's forming him based on what's in his mind that man should be. And so by his hand, by his hand, he created man. If God did all that to create us, how dare we change the art design? How dare we? Can you imagine going into an art gallery and there are 50 paintings in there? And when you go in there, all of the paintings are exactly the same. You go to this painting, you know how people do it. They're all hmm. You know, the backward stroke. Was doing, you know, and they're talking all that talk. I don't know what they're talking about. I'm like, wow, it's a nice painting. Or I don't know, it's like somebody just vomited on that. You know, I don't know. But can you imagine, as you go through the art gallery, you notice that everything looks the same. That would be an extremely boring art gallery. That's why God uniquely made and formed humanity. And when he made man, he made you to be his, one of his great, man and woman is his greatest art piece. And men were made in the image of God. But what's happening now is man is trying to be an artist. In other words, the way we're changing God's art is the equivalent of, 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 of B Street. I'm explaining it to you. You know, when they would go and they would spray paint you know what I'm saying? The, 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 um, the, uh, the trains. Then there was a dude, though, 
named Spit. Now, whenever the, I mean, them dudes, you know what I'm saying, Rainbow and all of them would kill it on the art, you know what I'm saying, spray that, you'd be like, voila, you know, they go up a new train, a new train is, is, is nice and sparkly, they put this beautiful graffiti on it, and everybody knows the tag of him. But then what happens is Spit would go and he would spray paint Spit over this beautiful artwork to show his disrespect for what Rainbow had put on there. And let me tell you something. Every time we change the definition of manhood, every time we substandardly do that, we're just like, we're just like him. We're spray painting spit on God's creation of manhood every single time. And so I'm concerned about the, the gender identity thing. It's not a preference. Because what's beautiful is as the cultures were developed, which we'll talk about in a minute, but as cultures were developed, it's clear that God even embedded, even in our fallenness, we understand when something's male and something's female. Let me see if I can make a plan. Now, um, I'm at Toys R Us with my sons. Now, you know my youngest is three, so he likes what he likes. So we're over in this section, and he sees a pink um, kitchen set with Dora the Explorer on it. He goes and says, Daddy, I want that one. Daddy, I want daddy, I want, I want, daddy, I want that one, right? And I'm like, like, son? <laughs> that wasn't made for you. Uh, let me see if I can make it plainer because y'all didn't get it. My oldest son, every now and then, he'll, be, he'll stand like this. Now, he has no idea of it, right? He, he go like this. I said, son, unless you just finish running a track meet. I don't ever want to see you standing there. Why? Because there is a cultural idea of what femininity expressively looks like and what masculinity looks like. Where does that come from? The embedded imago day that God has in every creation where no matter what culture you go to, there are things that women do and there are things that dudes do. And therefore, I'm not just talking about externals, I'm talking about character. And so, and so what I'm saying is, is that God made male, male so distinct that you knew it when you see it. When you see a female that's feminine, you know it when you see it. In other words, God likes girly girls and manly men. I know it's tight, but it's right. That, that's, that's why, and I love him to death. Y'all got to understand, I love President Obama. I love, I love any president that gets in office. I love all of them. I do. We got to be bipartisan as pastors. So I love all, I love, I think, I think, I think um, he's a phenomenal leader in many ways. But I, but, and I pray for him based on 1 Timothy chapter 2. But I, but I was very, very disappointed in him. Very, very disappointed in him uh, on, on many fronts. Because as a Christian man who's publicly affirmed himself um, a, 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 as a Christian, in his interview, he began talking about, um, he began talking about, you know, all the people in this cabinet and because, you know, different ones of them, you know, have children and they have a partner and all of that kind of carrying on, that, that he decided to affirm gay marriage and affirm that they should have equality of rights, which there are things that I agree with. I don't think we should ostracize gay people. I, think that's, I don't think that's biblical and I don't think that's right. Because all of us are just as sinful as the most sinful sinner on the most sinner sinner's day of sinning. 
okay? I mean, if we, if we want to be real about it, right? Um, 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 however, we don't make room for your sin by redefining what God has created. And, and, and again, I love the president. I love the president. I really do. And, um, and, and I really respect him, but I was disappointed on, on that particular point. Um, on, on, on many levels because as he began to talk about it, he began to not only talk about the equality that he believed that they were to have, he also began to talk about, he began to talk about um, the, the, the ability for them to get married and raise children. And, 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 and in a minute, I'm going to explain why that is very, very much of a challenge, which is my last point. God made man to have a sense of purpose. God made man to have a sense of purpose. Verse 28, and God blessed them. Stop right there. Blessed means to endow with the capacity to reproduce and be fruitful. Blessed is the idea of enjoying what God has created. Blessed on his terms. Blessed means that God is cool with that. Uh, and, and, and blessed means that as you do things God's way, his desired ends will be behind it. So he says, he says, he says, so, 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 so you, can't do, you can't be raggedy in your stuff and, ask, and expect God to bless mess. Why are you not blessing me, God? You're not fair. You don't want him to be fair. Let, you, want a, you want God to be fair? Wow. Wow. That's interesting. Wow, that's off the chain. This is be fruitful. Somebody say be fruitful. It literally means to bear fruit. What it means is fruitfulness is God empowering man with the unique ability to produce his desired ends. Fruitfulness is about results. God wants man to get results out of his life. That means whatever God blesses you to do, he will make it happen. That's what he's saying. Now, what's, what's beautiful about this is be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it are all imperatives. That means they are commanded to do these things. But what blows me paradoxically, if you would just deal with me for a second, is he just said a blessing. Now, most of us, when we think of commands, don't think of blessing. But it's interesting that following his commands in this context is a blessing. And enjoyable, if that. And the wind of God's hand is behind it. Are you trekking with me? So he says, be fruitful. In other words, I am going to cause the results of what I've called you to do to happen the way I said happen, as long as you do it the way I told you to do it. Right. Then he says, be fruitful, multiply. This is beautiful. Now, when he says, be fruitful, multiply, he said, have sex. Have you some sex, son? He probably looked at Adam and said, wait, wait, uh, man, he, I mean, I can't imagine what was going through God's mind when Eve wasn't created and he was talking to Adam. He said, you don't know what I got in store for him. Flat out, flat out, flat out. I'm going to hook you up, dog. He didn't even know, right? But he said, be fruitful and multiply. And so he gave him the freedom to have sex and enjoy it with no contraceptives. Nothing in the way, y'all. Some of y'all are like, whoo. Now you got to understand. They had pre-fallen bodies, so they had pre-fallen pleasure without contraceptives in a way getting in the way of the pleasurability of the enjoyment of the sexology 101. Now, now check this out. 
But it wasn't just about that, right? Check it out. He did this. He said, multiply. Multiply what? He was made in the image of God. As he had babies, he was supposed to develop them in the glory image. In the glory image, this is the first great commission. Matthew, I mean, Matthew 28, 18 to 20 is a restatement of Genesis chapter 1, 28. Now, what will happen is, is when you be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, he's filling the earth with Jesus Christ lookalikes. People who look like the living God. And so that means when a male was born, because a God-glorifying male was in existence, that male would disciple his son in the same masculinity that he was told by God to be. So therefore, there would be generations of manly men all the way down the corridors of time where it would have been strange for a man not to understand what manhood was. It would be strange for a man to not grow up with a daddy. It would have been strange for a man to act like a female. It would be strange for a man to not have good self-esteem. It would have been strange for a man not to love the living God. It would be strange for a man if he had on somebody else's gear versus glory get it would have been strange would have been strange strange some old out there type stuff some old left field out there type stuff but 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 God wanted to fill the earth with husky muscular a no gut having in the spirit a trapezoidal pecatorious six packables quadriceptacles everything men who love Jesus who loved him and loved his name all over the earth I see the women say I hear you Right? Manhood was filled with responsibility. He knew he represented God. He was the ambassadorial vice regent of his imperial majesty, Lord Yahweh. Yes. He was in the imperial fleet of God. To be one of the fleet men across the earth, subduing it. And then he says, so he, he says, he says, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. I like this. <clears throat> and subdue it. Fill it with the glory of God and subdue it. That means in concert with nature and not destroying the environment, create global cities all over the planet populated with manly men who love their wife and who have godly children and raise them in cities with no trash on the ground. Oh, some of y'all, some of y'all about to shout on that one. It was supposed to be a big, man, when man subdued it, that means he was to create culture. He was to do art. He was to set up government because he was, man was created as a governor. So government is God's idea. Why? Because when he said rule, <coughs> rule is governmental language. And he's a vice reason of the king of kings. So that's what man was supposed to do. He's supposed to subdue it and have dominion over it. Man and woman was set to rule. So, 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 so as we work through this series, I really, 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 really want us to work through some of the challenges of manhood. Really want us to begin to see God cast a biblical vision. Why? Because I believe that I want to see manhood in men restored restored that thugs will recognize that being hard is not manhood. Getting as many chicks as you can bone. Holler at your boy. 
ain't manhood. Man, I was watching Love and Hip Hop. I was pissed off. I wanted to punch money in his grill. He up there playing with these two chicks. You know, you got a little scrappy. I ain't trying to dog my I'm just saying, dog. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's the manhood people see. That's the manhood. <laughs> he like this. When, 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 something, when, when, when the girl's fighting over, he put a glass on something. <laughs> I hit him. Listen, man, I'm just telling y'all right now. I am sick of men believing that how many notches you get under your belt makes you a man. If you want to be a real man, stay with one woman for a lifetime and please her sexually over and over and over again by being creative. Now, that's a player. That's, now, that's a player. Because if you, anybody married know what I'm saying. Hallelujah. That's work. When she tell you that I don't work no more, try somewhere else. I said it. Because I'm trying to tell you, being a man, you're a conqueror. You like a challenge. That's what you were made. Oh, you what? What you? Oh, I'm gonna go read and pray and go to Song of Solomon. Oh, I'm coming back. Your ego ain't hurt. You like, you like, dang, that did hurt. You did mess your boy up. But I'll be back. <laughs> and then you go, you know, because men are conquerors. You, you, you were, you were made to have dominion. But the challenge is the fall made you have dominion wrongly. We live in under fallen dominion. But Jesus has come as the greatest image of God ever. And what he wants to help us to do during this series is us to conquer rightly. Us to subdue rightly. And us to be what we're supposed to be for him. To be some of the greatest guys on the fashion show of planet earth. To wear glory gear to show him off wherever we live and dwell. And so men, get ready. Bring your Bible. Put on your cologne. Brush your teeth. Put on your sneakers. You know what I'm saying? Comb your hair, get a shape, or whatever you got to do, and get your butt up in here, and let's learn how to be men. Bring your buddies. Bring your buddies. Because you know what? People think a bunch of suckers is up in the church. People think the church is for women. I got a section in the book talking about that, how feminized the church is. But I want, I want us to really, really work through, work through this, white men, black men, all kinds of men. And let's fight to be the men that God called us to be. Why? Because Christ, through his death, empowers us to do that, Amen. strengthens us to do that. Don't you come in here in any part of this series and walk in any type of hopelessness because that's not what this series is about. This is a Romans chapter 15 hermeneutic of hope message. We're not going to focus on total depravity. If you want to hear me talk about, you know, uh, you know, how sinful we are the whole time, oh, we're so sinful, oh, we're so bad, oh, we're so messed up, then this is the wrong series for you. Because I don't want men to just meditate on their sin. I want them to confess their sin, repent of it, and turn to the one who cleanses them of their sin. And so I'm ready. I don't know about you, but I'm ready. I want to see some men buying houses. I want to see some men going back to school. I want to see some men taking care of their wife. 
I want some men to get in their Bible for the first time in three years. I want to see some men get up as the sun is coming up and with their hands outstretched, lifting them up, looking to heaven, asking God for help. I want to see some men looking into the corridors of the pages of Scripture, saying, I'm going to be the man that God wants me to be no matter what happens. Come, 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 come hell or high water, I'm going to be the man God called me to be. I don't care what happens. I'm not going to blame it on my daddy. I'm not going to blame it on my mama. I'm not going to blame it on my upbringing. I'm not going to blame it on my situation. I'm not going to blame it on my pain. But I'll be doggone, I'm going to be the man that God has called me to be. I'm going to press towards the mark of the high call of God in Christ Jesus. No weapon formed against me is going to be able to prosper. And I'm going to move, and I'm going to move, and I'm going to move. Why? (coughs) Because I'm going to walk in the one who lives, moves, and I have my being. (coughs) And so it's time, man, to stand up and trust the one who was the best man of all, the best man of all, the best man of all. He left his throne to become a man to show you how to be one. He's been a man for eternity, so he's pretty good at it. And guess what? He's coming again with a manly tattoo on his thigh, and I believe he's coming back muscular with a linen outfit on. On a, on a horse bigger than a Clydesdale. He's so masculine that his tongue shapes like a sword. Like, ah! And he's going to lick his enemies apart. That's powerful. You lick an enemy and they go to hell. That's crazy. That's crazy. But that's the Lord we serve. No more punk Jesus. Matter of fact, I was talking to one of my frat brothers. And I was talking to him, and he's in another kind of deal. Now I was chopping it up with him. And one of the things he was talking to me about is how anti-intellectual and feminine the church is. And you know me, I get angry about that stuff. So I said, we, we gonna, so me and him get in and we, I love him to death, but we're getting it in. Because I want the Muslims around here to finally see some manly Christians. I'm going to say this and I'm going to close. Sometimes people wonder why a Christian woman, as wrong as it is, will date a Muslim man. Because culturally masculine, lenity is connected more to him than some of us. And so she'll deal with his unbelief to get masculinity even though it's fallen. Shut it down, fellas. Shut it down. Shut it down. Be, listen, listen, listen. Don't let the Christian women have to go somewhere else. Nah. Nah. Be the man you're supposed to be and honor God. Now, that's wrong to be unequally yoked, but still, it's on us too because we're the men and we're the leaders. I'm going to shut it down. But it's time to go. It's time for us to square our shoulders, pump out our chest put our Bibles in our chest with tears in our eyes and plummet the hill of righteousness to be like the master who made us father. (sighs) Father, let's get it. We want to be like you. (laughs) The best man. The best man. The best man. The best man of all times. Well, we want to see 
God-glorifying manhood <coughs> in our lives where we live. We want our lives to reflect Jesus. <laughs> we want to follow Jesus. We want to be like Jesus. We see a masculine Jesus. And we know that the gospel has redefined manhood through Christ's death. And now it has empowered us with the strength to be able to be men, manly men. So, God, we have a lot of men in this church. God, I pray that every one of us, including me, <clears throat> would denounce every form of substandard manhood and embrace yours. And, God, I'm excited because I'm so hopeful because the gospel is full of hope. <laughs> it's so full of hope. Because what it does is it eradicates the sin and exalts and empowers what the Savior has brought about. Be with us during this series in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.